0: Excited to be here today with RJ Ron Kilio. Say that right. You got it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> and uh, good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. So, uh, I, I guess I'm going to start off with uh, the September issue of Guitar World Magazine. I'm flipping through it and I see you know the hottest guitarist in the world right now.
1: Hottest new guitarists.
0: I'm sorry. Hottest new.
1: This <laughs> doesn't say that. Does it in the little? It, it's like in a little inset right above hottest.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. Hottest for. hottest new So <laughs> Are you right. a new guitarist? I don't think <laughs> Apparently, so. Apparently, I'm <laughs> new. <Anyways. laughs> and um, i flipping through, and I'm like, there he is, right there, Honor J. McKinney. That's right. Did they even spelled my company. name wrong. <laughs> Did they? <laughs> they they well, spelled it phonetically. You're certainly, in, you're certainly in good company. And so yeah. uh, to set to set up this conversation, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna read what they what they wrote here. Okay. Uh, So most people will be familiar with the name R.J. Ronquillo from the self-described String Fluencer. No String Fluencers, no nonsense, no nonsense gear demonstrations, as well as his insightful mini lessons across a variety of styles. Uh, But he's also toured and performed with the likes of Stevie Wonder, Ricky Martin, Stone Sour with album credit, uh, album credits on releases by Santana, Tupac and DMX. Uh, which is uh, perfectly understandable given his well-rounded and tasteful approach to all things six drinks. My camera just died, um, so I'm going to switch
1: to webcam.
0: Webcam. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> These things happen. Technology. Technology is what it is. So anyway, so I, I think I'll stick. I, I think I got through the entire. Uh, yes, right week. at the article is when it ended. The
1: article it cut.
0: Okay, yeah. So, uh, at least I got through the whole article. So, in, in any event, I think that's a pretty uh, pretty good uh, overview of you. Uh we talked a little bit before we started, but um I think one thing that um, that I think is is really intriguing uh, about you is that you are extremely diversified in uh, everything guitar. I think uh, the, the way your uh, YouTube channel uh, put it, uh, pretty good. I'm a life coach as long as your life revolves around guitar.
1: <laughs> I don't. Re- I vaguely remember writing that in my, in my about section. That was like many years ago. I just thought I'd be creative.
0: No, it's good. I like it. So, uh, in any event. So maybe uh, if you could if you could start off maybe talk about you know how you got started playing guitar, uh, and kind of you know take us through we, we hit a bunch of high points in that uh, yeah. opening description but just uh, talk talk a little bit about about yourself and uh, sure. up to, up to get us up to speed on what's going on.
1: Well, I'm a child of the '80s and I say I'm a child of the '80s and a teen of the '90s because that's basically how it all went down. You know, I became a teenager, like at right at 1990. So, uh, child of the eighties, I started playing guitar. Um, my very first, uh, memory of playing guitar was probably around nine years old. So my, my dad, uh, is kind of a hobbyist musician. So he always had instruments around the house. We had pianos, drums, um, Guitars, my dad played saxophone and sang, so it was a very m- musical household. He's not a professional musician, but uh like many Filipino people f- music was a big part of the culture, so I was kind of born into it automatically but um the guitar wasn't my first instrument. my parents uh made i don't, i wouldn't say they forced us, but my sister my older sister and i uh, we took uh piano lessons at an early age i was six years old she was eight years old and uh, we did it for a couple years and it was fine and we got it from that we got a really basic understanding of theory and how to read music and um you know how to read rhythms and all that stuff so i think you know even though i didn't stick with piano i think it was a great basis basis for learning music in general and i I actually suggest every musician learn how to play piano even if it's it's like really rudimentary stuff Mm -hmm. but uh, from there i actually moved to drums. I think um, I can't remember if I got a drum set for like my birthday one year, but um, it's a loud instrument, and if you live, you know, with a family with a ho- in a house of uh, five people, it's not a good instrument to have. And I actually had it on, on the second floor, not in a room. Kind of, we had a, like a loft area, so anytime I would play it, everyone in the house would hear it. So eventually, we put it. In, in the basement but um i kind of got the hint <laughs> that no one was liking uh, what i was playing um and then you know in the mid 80s pop culture was you know becoming huge you had radio mtv movies and tv it was just like you know i feel like pop culture in the 80s was uh nothing like it was prior you know 70s or 60s it was a different type of thing because we had all this new media so you know yeah. between seeing what was on mtv which was new and what i was hearing on the radio and seeing movies i just kind of had this inkling that i wanted to play guitar and it wasn't until i saw back to the future that i saw you know alex peak heaton on the big screen playing <laughs> cool guitar stuff that's when i knew i wanted to learn how to play guitar as well as skateboard so actually back to the future got me into skateboarding and playing guitar. And at some point, I left skateboarding on the side of the road, and then I was just stuck <laughs> with guitar. So, um, yeah, mid '80s is when I uh, basically started playing, and I was hooked. Um, and a lot of it was the pop culture that was around in the '80s, and you know, the the people that were around me, my older sister, my friends, were all we all loved music. That was the coolest thing uh, at the time. So yeah
0: so um so I checked out your uh, your YouTube channel I think that's probably what you're what possibly most well known for you have what maybe 100 almost 150,000 subscribers um but um you know I looked at uh you know a video you did 14 years ago 5 bendy blues licks mm. you know and even you know even that is a good it's a good video so you've got like a massive library of uh, lessons and videos so um it's going to be a little challenging to compartmentalize your your career track sure um but i I, so maybe maybe take us through you know picking up the guitar through some of the the high points um obviously you know you've toured with some pretty significant names you're living in nashville so for an aspiring guitarist you know maybe to talk about your your career track from when you started to get you know good enough or confident enough to feel like you can um audition for things and, and whatnot and Um, all the way up through, you know, starting your YouTube channel.
1: Sure. So, you know, growing up, obviously I started playing guitar and I started forming bands with my friends all through up high school. Um, and actually, you know, I was mostly into rock and roll or whatever was on the radio Nirvana, but also Van Halen and, and like, um, the virtuosos like Steve Vai, Yngwie also, on top of that, uh, I you know I listened to a lot of blues music as well, um, and then when I was thirteen, I, I I had the idea that if I learned how to play jazz guitar, then I would automatically be a better guitar player. I think a lot of people have that uh, misconception that jazz makes jazz automatically makes you good, which isn't totally true, but it does help. So when I was thirteen, I started learning jazz guitar, which I think was you know at that age was pretty you know, none of my friends were interested in that type of music so mm-hmm. i was kind of the odd man out so even at an early age i just was surrounding myself with different types of music which to this day it's the same thing like one day i'll listen to like swing jazz the other the next day i'll listen to like Ingve Malmstein or whatever so i just love music and i love the different styles of guitar playing and um you know through high school I was in some, you know, just local bands just playing talent shows and and Battle of the Bands and stuff like that. And then uh, when I went to college, I actually went to the University of Miami in Florida. And I entered as a music engineering major, which was what I thought was like the guy in the studio behind the mixing board and making records. And I thought that was all cool. But, you know, when I entered the program, it was a little more hardcore than that. And it was a lot more science and physics and uh, acoustic design and all this fancy stuff which was like way over my head and not what I was interested at all like I just wanted to make music and I finally got that finally sunk in towards the end of the first year and I'm like you know what I just want to be a musician so I I changed my major to uh, studio music and jazz which is the, the official title it was basically the jazz guitar program And uh, so I graduated uh, from University of Miami with a degree in uh, jazz guitar, basically. And then, you know, what do you do with a degree (laughs) in jazz guitar? It's like my choices were go back to school to get a master's and and teach Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, try to become a jazz guitar uh, artist or something or, you know, play in cover bands and wedding bands. And, And that's kind of the track I took in a roundabout way, I did have a day job right out of college because, you know, I didn't know what to do necessarily. So I just picked up a, a whatever jobs I could take. And then eventually I, I got into the, the scene of uh, cover bands in, in South Florida, which still to this day is to me, one of the most thriving businesses for a musician that maybe Nashville is, you know, equal, but it's a different type of thing. but, um, I, I knew so many friends out of, right out of college that were buying houses after joining wedding bands, you know, they were buying houses at like 23, 24, uh, because they were making a good living just playing covers and, and wedding bands. So that's, and still to this day, it's still a, a, a really, via, really good industry to be mm-hmm. in. So I got in, I fell into that and I eventually quit my day job and was playing, you know, tops four or five nights a week, just playing, Everywhere from, like, I don't know, Key Largo all the way up to, like, Palm Beach. That's kind of like the tri-county circuit that we would do. So, mm-hmm. so many uh, restaurants and bars to play at. And I kind of, that's kind of how I got better. You know, I, I, I learned a lot in college as far as the jazz stuff goes. But I learned how to be a working musician by by playing in these cover bands and wedding bands um, four nights a week and, and just... You know, I've, I worked a lot and I I barely got any sleep. And, you know, I was young. I was in my 20s, so I was partying as well. So it's like, you know, it was a great time because uh, most of my friends that I knew from, you know, high school were just getting, you know, into their careers, which was like, you know, regular jobs. And then I was just playing guitar for a living and and having fun in South Florida. So eventually that... Turned into meeting the right people that were looking for guitarists to tour. So Mm. the very first tour that I ever got was with this reggae band called Inner Circle. Uh, Most people know them from the theme theme song from Cops, the Bad Boys theme song, and some. They had a couple of other hits in the '90s, but uh, that was my first uh, touring gig. Mm. And that how that happened was I was actually in the, I guess it was the house band for the miami heat basketball team so every i think it was every friday or maybe like every other friday we would play at the arena and we were the music between um you know timeouts or whatever or you know between uh um periods so um the drummer from inner circle came to one of the gigs and at the time they were looking for a touring guitar so it you know he saw me playing and that was that was that so mm-hmm. i went on the road for them and i ended up touring with them maybe for the next 5 years just off and on and it's funny how that kind of was one tour that i got but all kind of out of the blue i started getting calls for uh, other artists mm-hmm. and started gigging more outside of the cover band thing and i started just getting calls for like oh can you play the mtv Latin music awards with this artist or whatever. So I started becoming a, se- uh, a sideman. I like to call it the se- session guy or sideman. So um, that that time period, I want to say somewhere between 2002 to 2005, let's say, was it just started, everything started clicking as far as like my name got passed around in town. Um, so I was doing... Latin gigs, R&B gigs, um, sessions, you know, I was just getting called for sessions for like hip hop artists or, or whatever. So that was kind of like my golden age uh, when I was living in South Florida. And then at some point, um, I, I think it was in 2006, I got a call to do a Ricky Martin MTV Unplugged uh, r- filming. So this was an, you know, MTV Unplugged, all the acoustic guitars At the time, regular MTV wasn't doing them anymore, but uh, MTV Latino was doing them with a bunch of artists. I think Shakira did one and some other uh, artists did. So I got called to do that. And um, from that, it kind of turned into a tour the next year. So that that one one one-off TV taping or whatever just turned into a world tour for the next year. So that kind of... Um,
0: I think the interesting there's an interesting sort of story and the fact that, you know, you it's almost like you have to you have to do you have to start with the cover bands or the, the wedding, you know, to the be, be the wedding band to be the to be, you know, and it's it's, it's a it sounds like it's really about exposure and not only uh, not only exposure, but in those scenarios, you're growing as a as a musician, you're getting better and better and more confident and so that when somebody just happens to see you, that might have a need or, or whatever, that word of mouth can start start to take place, and then you you know you you know yeah
1: yeah. It's about being not only by, by being seen, but meeting the right people, and you connecting with them as far as like you know your personality goes. Because you could be, I say this all the time, you could be like the most amazing musician, but if your personality doesn't gel with people you're not going to get the gig or you're not going to keep the gig so um it's like i tell people the most important part is meeting as many people as you can because you never know who's going to turn out to be a record producer or a a musical director or or something or an artist Mm -hmm. so i tell people that's the most important thing you can do if you want to make it um well at the time nowadays it's different we can talk about that but it's still important to meet the right people so
0: you toured with to, sorry you toured to Ricky Martin. Um, you know, talk a little. You know, go ahead and give us the. So
1: hi. yeah, I toured with Ricky Martin um for a couple of years, and then you know at the time I was still living in South Florida in Fort Lauderdale, and I had the uh, the idea that I wanted to I wanted more, so I wanted to uh, move to Los Angeles because I thought you know Los Angeles. Is like kind of the last destination for uh, a, a musician that wants to tour or get into whatever scene, you know. That was kind of like the the peak, you know. At, so I, you know, I moved to Los Angeles, and uh, it was kind of depressing because it's mm-hmm. to go from um, you know doing a world tour and then to to basically nothing to not having any gigs. It's like, uh, you know, it's what do I do now? Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be to, to, to break into the scene or, or whatever, to, to, to get gigs in LA, even though I knew a lot of people, I guess just at the time, there wasn't a lot of work to go, to go around. This would have been around 2009, 2010 or whatever. So, you know, I, I got a day job in Los Angeles, just an office job at a computer in a cubicle just, uh. Be able to live there because you know it's an expensive place to live. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a rock band. I joined like uh, just the local rock band and was just having fun with that, and just really random, random gigs that never really turned into anything. Like I did get to play with like Stevie Wonder for just like a random uh, failed television show that <laughs> Brian McKnight, um, who's a great singer. Um, uh, he was trying to do this uh, show on the CW network and uh, the first episode I got to play with uh, Stevie Wonder, but it was, I think it only lasted like two episodes or something and then just got canned. But, you know, like I say, everything happens for a reason and opens doors. And and on that first episode, I got to also meet and play with uh, a singer named Judith Hill, who's become a good friend of mine. And she went on to, you know, Prior to that, I think she was singing with Michael Jackson back back up and she ended up singing backups with Stevie Wander and started working with Prince. Um, so her first album that came out was actually produced by Prince. And I actually uh got to go on tour with her a couple years ago. So we had this friendship that started uh from that one gig. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. But um Yeah. Even like living in Los Angeles, I was still getting calls from Miami to do tours. So I kind of left Miami to, to, to go to LA to leave what I was doing in, in Florida, but it was still calling me back. Mm -hmm. It was nice because I was still getting work kind of like remotely remote work or whatever. But, um, it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And, you know, I was there for maybe six years and, um, it was, a, it was pricey to live there, and B, I wasn't where I wanted to be at uh, as far as gigs. And I'm like, you know what, let's try something else. So at the time, uh, my wife and I were planning on moving back to the Midwest, to Chicago. So we're both from Michigan, and we wanted to live in like a big Midwest city. And, you know, Chicago is a great city, and we had a lot of friends and family there. So we ended up going to Chicago, but at the same time, I got a call from my friend here uh, in nashville that they were looking for a guitar player for uh, a touring band um and they wanted my recommendation if i knew anyone that would be able to do the gig and i'm like (laughs) you know what let me do the gig i'm i'm moving to chicago but i'm willing to you know drive back and forth or commute or you know figure this out um I didn't want to move to Nashville straight away because we didn't know anything about the city. We don't, we didn't know if we were going to like it or not. So that actually gave me a good year, year and a half to like suss out the whole city and the neighborhood and the vibe before we actually moved to Nashville, which we did uh, a year later after getting that gig. Wow, okay. So the gig was with a, a, a country duo named Thompson Square. And I did that gig for five years. I think 2018 was my, my last gig with them. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so it sounds like you've had a very diverse, uh, you know, you had your early influences were rock and jazz, you know, jazz all over, all over the place Mm -hmm. Toured with country bands. Stevie one, I mean, it's very, very diverse. How important do you think it is for a guitarist to be well versed across different genres of music, you know, as an artist?
1: Well, for me, um, you know, at the time period that I was coming up into becoming a professional musician, let's say, in the early 2000s, uh, I I felt it was important to, to be able to be what we call a chameleon and be able to fit into any genre. Just because, like, I looked up to people like, you know, the studio session guys, Steve Lukather, Mike Landau, um, Dan Huff, and, like, you know, those guys could basically do pretty much any gig. So I kind of wanted to – I modeled my – I don't say my career, but the way I I approached being a professional musician, I modeled it after them. So I, you know, I kind of not only wanted to spread myself over different genres because that would mean I could get more gigs, but also I do genuinely enjoy all those styles of music. It's not like I'm totally calling it in or faking it, you know, Mm -hmm. there's some styles that like, I can't, play and I, I i'm the first to admit it like you know don't call me to do a gypsy jazz gig or a flamenco gig because i just can't i can't sell it <laughs> even though i have i've done those gigs and i've felt really bad about <laughs> it and, but yeah i just kind of uh felt that it would uh g- give me more chances to get different gigs and as well as more chances to learn about these styles of playing and and uh, really absorb myself in it so, um, but today, you know, it's today, I would say it's not super, super important. It really depends on what you want to do. Um, so, so to talk about
0: that a little bit, so today, so, you know, we, we talked a little bit about your journey. So like, uh, let's say if you're a, um, aspiring guitar player, uh, today and, and you have hopes of quote, making a living, uh, as a, as a musician, um, I mean, you're, you're kind of living proof that. Uh, diversification is important you're an instructor you're you've got a youtube channel you're you know uh i see you all over the place right so you're in the guitar world <laughs> so like what um you know what what's an important what, what kind of advice would you give somebody then
1: well you know, i think uh people are luckier today because there's so many avenues uh where you can monetize being a musician not just you know, being a working musician, like a traditional working musician playing gigs, uh, re- doing sessions or, or record um, you know touring or any of that stuff. that was kind of like you know, back in the day, that was the the only t- thing you could do to become a a successful professional musician. But nowadays, you have so many people that are online and so many people on social media that are doing amazing. You know whether it's teaching, doing gear reviews, being a personality, just kind of talking about gear, or you know making short videos on TikTok, um, and and selling you know whatever let courses or or merchandise or something. So there's so many different ways now that the, that y- you can become quote unquote a professional musician or a working musician. So um, they have it easier today. <laughs> yeah but it really depends on what you gel with some people uh don't like teaching or are not teachers or some people don't like talking about gear so you kind of find what you like to do what you're passionate about and you stick with it me i'm you know because i've said already that i love different styles of music i did love trying different things so i've kind of spread myself all over the place like i like to make you know youtube guitar videos of like gear demos or or teaching or other fun stuff vlogs um and partly it was because i was getting interested in uh videography so learning how to work a camera learning how to edit that was really interesting to me i kind of like was more interested in that for a while than actually playing guitar or playing music Mm -hmm. i wanted to like become it was another another um way that i could be artistic and I'm not a like a visual arts person. I can't draw. I can't paint. Uh, I'm not a very good photographer, but um editing video and getting camera angles and lighting and all that stuff, that's fun to me. and it's something different than music. so well,
0: that's a that's a good good combination to have a good interest to have in the in in your universe, you know uh,
1: yeah, it definitely edge, you know <laughs> it definitely helps, especially if you plan on being on social media is learning how. Cameras work and video and all that and editing and all that stuff. What are some
0: of the projects that you're working on now, and how can we find out more more about you and and just uh, connect with you and and uh, get involved with what you're doing? Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm still, you know, cranking out YouTube gear <laughs> demos. Um, it's funny because, like i i've be- i've become more of a gear demo person, which is fine. But there was a time where I wanted to do, like, more touring vlogs or more um, lesson videos. But my, uh, my schedule has gotten so, you know, hectic with, with gear demo videos, which I'm not complaining about. I love it. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to find time to, to, to do all the other stuff. But I'm trying to. And one of the things that I think a lot of people have been asking about is is if i'm ever going to put out a, an album or some sort of recorded thing so that's kind of what i'm working on now is a, a guitar instrumental album awesome so that's something, yeah yeah it's it's i mean it's probably something that i've always wanted to do and even in high school i released like a little cassette, like i made i recorded a on my four track like a little an album that was uh instrumental stuff and I you know sold it to my friends or whatever. But that was really the last time I ever did anything like that. How would,
0: describe, how would you describe that style or that like what,
1: what I'm doing now?
0: Give us a teaser of that, that album you're working on. I'm gonna keep twisting your arm until
1: Yeah. Well twist. it's funny, it's changed mm-hmm. before I started actually putting my foot foot to the pedal. I wanted to do like a blues record. I wanted to do something that mixed jazz and blues, but now I totally flipped it and it's, it's going to be a very eighties sounding record, not eighties hair metal necessarily, <laughs> but like a lot of the vibe is going to be, you know, it'll put, it'll transport you to 1986. Let's say that's that.
0: perfect. That's the year before I graduated high school. So. There
1: you go. You'll, you'll love it. I can't wait for it. Yeah. It should be fun.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'll make sure I put links to all everything uh, in, the, in the description. And uh, I just want to thank you again for your time. This was fun.
1: Yeah, thank and, you. Uh,
0: and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks, RJ.